Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC live here on ESPN Plus. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Stevie Nick. We are now less than 24 hours away from the first quarterfinal of the World Cup. Later on the program, we're looking ahead to Brazil against Croatia, plus, of course, Argentina against the Netherlands. But we'll kick things off with a manager of a side who got knocked out, of course, in the previous round. Well, he used to be the manager, he's not anymore. Luis Enrique out at Spain after that penalty shootout defeat against Morocco. For more on this, let's welcome in, shall we? Gemma Soler is with us. Uh, Gemma, are you surprised he's gone? Not really, because, uh, I mean, uh, he didn't even renew his contract. So this was something you were expecting, even though there was not such a, a shameful defeat as uh, it, it happened eventually here. But uh, yes, of course, no one was expecting that uh, Morocco could... Uh, take Spain out so it's not a big surprise but uh, yeah maybe earlier than what we expected. Uh, what next for him then Gemma? For Spain uh, it's gonna be Luis de la Fuente uh, we can say not an interim but yes an internal solution uh, he's the the former coach of the under 19 and 21 uh, national team so he knows very well the youngsters the young talent generation of Spain but he's not some it's he's very different than Luis Enrique maybe not in the in the football understanding of, of what a team it is He's much more pragmatical than aesthetical, maybe, if we have to compare with, uh, with Luis Enrique. And especially, he's different of, of the character. Uh, Luis Enrique feels comfortable being in the spotlight. He likes to be controversial. Uh, Luis de la Fuente is another kind of person. Uh, he will be giving interviews. He's friendly with the press. He has no enemies in the Spanish media. Uh, so he's a very different character. Makes sense. And Luis Enrique leaves? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, he's, I've mentioned a few times he's been through a lot in his personal life. Yep. Uh, this, from a professional perspective, is failure. Uh, the way their team played was very poor. I mean, I heard you guys talking about it yesterday, just passing from side to side, Stevie, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was actually quite boring to watch, wasn't it, in the end? I always feel as though if you're going to get, if you're going to sack somebody, then you really need to have a real good reason. And I don't think that, as far as forward players are concerned, he had the tools. I mean, when you've got 70% of the ball, the majority of the time you step on the field, then it kind of tells you that you're relying on your front players to produce. So I don't, I don't believe he should have got the sack. Because I don't think he had the tools for them to go and win games. See, I see no, it, not I, when you have that much of the ball. See, I see it a different way. I, I mean, the, the front guy's OK. You know, uh, Asensio and Torres haven't been playing a lot, almost uh, as in Germany. Uh, Morata was actually the informed guy. But it's not necessarily the front guys. It's the midfield guys that are passing the ball about for fun. And, you know, they're not taking strikes at goal. They're not getting enough crosses in the box. What, sometimes you wonder about the front guys. You must, they must be standing up there going... Jesus, just put the ball in the box, lads, for God's sake. So, yeah. look, when you, when, you, when you look at it that, that way, when you look at the fact that's the way they played, when you look at his team selection, who he left at home, who he left on the bench, who he picked playing Rodri at centre-half, all these things, uh, Laurenti right back, he had two right backs in there, it was some strange decisions. And then after the game, uh, well, 
he sat on the bench and apparently allegedly let, let the players choose the penalties. And then at the end of it, whether that's true or not, I don't know. According to your colleague Julian Laurence, mm -hmm. he was in the mix zone asking who the number eight for Morocco was because he thought he was a pretty decent talent. Right. I mean, come on. That, that's, that's somebody that's saying, do you know what, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, Gemma, where will he go next? Luis Enrique, do you think? I think he will take the rest of the season off. And he's, a, he's learning English. Uh, I know Atletico Madrid had some kind of interest in case they decide to not keep on with uh, Simeone. I, I honestly don't think Luis Enrique is up to that kind of job with so many Spanish pressure because he already has so many enemies in the Spanish media. So I somehow see a future with Luis Enrique in the Premier League uh, for next season. Not, this, not right now, but for the next season, definitely. Is that fit? Absolutely not. Oh, where? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, just just in general, the English league, you know, not just today, but forever and a day, has been about doing things quicker and more exciting and crosses and all the things that he doesn't do. So I don't see where he fits. Right. Where does he fit? It doesn't. Not in the Premier League. Not for me. Well, it's not. It's not just where he fits. It's where. I mean, Guardiola signed a new deal. Yeah. Klopp signed one last year, I believe. Yeah. Oh, Teta's doing well. At Teta's going doing all right. He's got a problem up front. He need, might need to fill in January. Uh, who knows what the hell Todd Ball is going to do with Graham Potter <laughs> when when that uh, resumes after the after the, the World Cup. So there's not, I mean, unless he wants to go to Southampton or somewhere like that, which I, I, highly, I doubt. highly doubt. So there's not really any avenues. I mean, I'd take anybody at Atletico Madrid right. over Diego Simeone. <laughs> anybody, trust me, just to watch them. So will Joe Felix. I'm surprised man. he's got so many enemies. I mean, I, right. I, understand, I, I understand sometimes you can pick fights with people and that can linger. But I'm surprised, bearing in mind his personal situation, how there is and yeah. does seem to still be a lot of sort of anger and distrust towards the guy. Uh, Gemma will say thank you very much uh, for joining. I imagine you go home now, Gemma, that's it, done? No, 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 I have to stay. I have to see what happens in the World Cup. We have to check the karaoke places. Uh, Luis Enrique <laughs> is not here anymore, but uh, we have to stay here until the end of the World Cup, of course. Just don't, don't let Shaka sing. Uh, thank you very much, Gemma. Just a reminder, of course, La Liga <laughs> returns at the end of the month as the season restarts uh, with Atleti against Elche, Real Madrid away against Valladolid. And it is the Barcelona derby as they take on Espanyol. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to join over 2 million subscribers to our YouTube channel. Just go over to ESPN FC. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Meanwhile, of course, Tomorrow sees the start of the quarterfinals. Two games for you, Croatia against Brazil, but we'll kick things off by looking ahead to the big one in the afternoon, Netherlands against Argentina. Uh, for more on that, just a reminder, take a look at the odds. Argentina are favourites going into the tie to make it through to the semi-finals. The Dutch at 13 to 10. Uh, let's welcome in, shall we, Don Hutchinson is with us. It's been a while, Don, but we don't care about you for the moment because Pascal Camperman is here, our <laughs> Dutch football ex expert. Pascal, how are you feeling? Uh, well, a little bit nervous, uh, to be honest, but well, also a lot of confidence for the game of tomorrow, I think. That's good to hear. How are the feeling in Holland? Do they re recognize themselves as underdogs going into this tie? Yeah, I do think so. Uh, the, the feeling in the group stage was not that good. Um, people in Holland thought, well, it was a little bit boring, the games in the group stage. But after the USA game, well, there was more confidence. And the, if there is a result, of course, people say, hey, OK, now it's going on the tournament. Uh, maybe we will go into the semi-finals or maybe even into the final. So, yeah, more people are more enthusiastic right now uh, after the USA game. But, of course, if you see the game, it's, it was not that good. It's not the typical Dutch football, I think. But, well, it was a little bit better than the three games in the group stage. My concern would be, Craig, from these four, the four quarterfinals, this one has got two of the biggest names, but I think it might be the less appealing to watch in the sense that I think other teams have been playing better football. Well, that's it then, it's 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> yes, well, that'd be brilliant if it was. <laughs> well, I think the Dutch, as Pascal said, have, have gone, about, gone about this competition so far in a different manner. Now, 
Some of that might be down to the fact that they haven't played well enough and have been pushed back and have had to defend. And, and maybe they're just a little bit more cautious as well. Look, Depay wasn't fit to start the tournament. He's had some game time. That's a partnership with sort of Gakpo coming from a bit deeper that's, that's working for them. I just don't think the Dutch are in a position that they're going to go and really dominate a game. Uh, we saw some changes in the middle of the park with Klut Miners, uh, uh, Darun coming in, and so I, don't, I really don't know what he's going to do mm. in that position. I think that's the area where he has got maybe one or two decisions to make, but particularly with Messi playing. Pascal, what do you think, if any changes we're going to see from the starting eleven that beats the USA, particularly, as Craig mentioned, trying to stop Lionel Messi? Yeah, well, I don't think it will. Uh, I think it will be the same starting lineup uh, if you compare it to the USA uh, game. And of course, they knew uh, Lionel Messi is a, a, a big threat of, uh, and they have to defend him very well. Uh, maybe one of the central defenders will pick him up, and and well, of course, it's uh, very important to see the, the yeah, Frankie de Jong in midfield. There's no doubt about it. But position next to Frankie de Jong will it be Martin de Roon again? I think so. So uh, he has to. That's a very important uh, player as well, uh, defensively in in the Dutch squad, um, and yeah, they have to defend solid like they did so far because uh, the defense there's nothing wrong with it in this tournament so far. But like you said, well, in in uh, up front we do have some problems. Memphis is on his way back, I think, after his injury. Gakpo is doing okay. Uh, position on number. Number 10 position, Klaassen, I think he will start again, but yeah, maybe it can be Steven Berghuis, is, is, is also possible, but um, well, I think the, the starting lineup will be the same uh, as last game. Is, isn't it amazing, right? If you look at all the quarterfinals, Hello. every other game we're like kind of slavering over because we can see goals and excitement. Yes. But this has kind of got. What's this going to be like? Can you imagine if Messi... Let me finish. <laughs> Can you imagine if Messi was injured? Oh, right. No, what he's, what, he's what would in, we be talking not, about? But he's not injured. not injured. Yeah, but I'm just saying that... We're talking about the Netherlands here. Yeah. You think of the history of the Dutch and the way they play the game and everything, and we're struggling to find really good, positive things to say. And if you take Messi out of the equation, we're kind of doing the same thing with Argentina. Right. And it's the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Yes. It's a little strange, isn't it? Stay in bed. I mean, I just just watch the highlights. Right, Don. If there's any. Welcome to the show, Don. How do you stop Messi? Uh, well, I heard Van Dyke talking about him today, and he said, um, I'm pretty sure it was tongue-in-cheek, but he's pretty sure what he was saying. He said, well, when, when we're on the attack, we've got to be careful because Messi will be sleeping somewhere, but then all of a sudden he'll come alive. And I think that's been his tournament. I think, you know, I think he's been playing on emotion. I think in some games he's been anonymous, but in other times he's lit the games up. I think the Mexico game, I think, off the top of my head, where he got the winning goal and it was like he was drifting, weren't particularly playing well, but, but then come up with that moment of magic that moment of genius where all of a sudden I think his his World Cup's starting to light up. I think it's gathering momentum. Um, I think tactically, I think like the boys are saying, Dan, I think tactically this is the most interesting game because Van Gaal for sure will have a plan, but I think he might get his sort of teeth into it a little bit too much and stifle the game. I don't think Argentina are one of the best teams in the tournament. I've said that since day one. Defensively, they're not particularly good. They don't really dominate the ball. I think the Dutch will dominate. 
but I still think it'll be really, really close. It'll be tight. Uh, Van Hal's press conferences have been great entertainment in this competition and he didn't let us down looking ahead to this game. Di Maria was critical uh, of the time that he managed at United and he said, well, Di Maria calling me the worst manager he's ever had. He's one of the few players with this opinion. I'm really sorry about this and I find it sad he said this. Memphis had to deal with it too in Manchester and now we kiss each other on the mouth. Do people love him or hate him in the Netherlands, <laughs> Pascal? Well, it's a bit of both, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, uh, most of the people like him uh, because uh, there's no doubt he, uh, about him. He's a, he's a very good uh, coach and he's a very good manager. Uh, and of course, he likes uh, to make some jokes in his mind. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> not everyone uh, can uh, really uh, uh, accept that joke and, and, and understands maybe the joke. But uh, yeah, you, you hate him or you love him. And well... I don't know exactly um, if the most people will love him, I think, and, and some hate him because of his arrogance <laughs> or uh, with jokes like this. But uh, I, I'm sure we're going to miss him because, like you said, every press conference, he don't let us down. There's, there's a lot of entertainment How big a like this. Will he's, it be he's dancing when he... <laughs> How big a disappointment will it be, Pascal, if they don't make it past Argentina? Well, the goal set before this tournament was a quarter-final. Uh, but of course, he always said uh, as well, there is a big chance we can win the World Cup. And he, he didn't say we will win the World Cup, but there is a big chance we can win the World Cup. Um, yeah, in my opinion, my prediction before the tournament was quarter-final, Argentina, and then we're out. It's still possible, uh, but yeah, well, maybe there is also a little chance they can go on and go into the semi-final. Uh, so, of course, there will be a lot of disappointment when they go out uh, tomorrow, but yeah, we will see. He's, uh, always, he's always carried a bit of arrogance, or a lot of arrogance. Uh, yeah. But but I think his recent health <laughs> battles, to me, seem, seems to have, Van Hal, that is, seems to have given him a slightly different perspective, not to say that he still hasn't got a lot of confidence. And himself, but I think he has sort of mellowed a little bit. We've seen that in this competition. Let me tell you about Di Maria. One of the things when Di Maria was at Manchester, he wasn't up for the fight. Manchester United were not in a good place. He wasn't up for the fight. He goes to PA, he's off the back of Real Madrid, where they pretty much not got it their own way, but they dominated. Comes to Manchester, it's a bun fight, didn't fancy it. Goes to PSG, get it their own way. Happy, happy Di Maria. Goes to UV, <coughs> guess what UV is at the moment? A bun fight. Yeah. Where's, he, where's he been? Nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Nowhere to be seen. You wouldn't want to be in the trenches with that guy. Right, so I'm sure Van Gaal's laughing that off. And I'm, I think secretly he'll be hoping one of his Dutch players sticks one on him <laughs> really early tomorrow. <laughs> but not getting sent off, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not the first time he's heard the next player with a, with a, uh, a grudge mm. against his management style. Uh, let's take a look then at the predictions uh, that everyone has uh, submitted ahead of this game. Um, I'm going for the Dutch to win on penalties. Don is going for Argentina to win on penalties. Uh, Craig and Stevie, meanwhile, believe that it will be Argentina uh, going through to the semi-finals in 90 minutes. Uh, Pascal, what do you think? What's your prediction? Is, is there already a win for the Netherlands in 90 minutes? No, I don't think so, right? <laughs> uh, then I go for a win for the Netherlands yes. in 90 minutes. Yes, I like Two it. Ones. I like it. Uh, why Argentina on penalty, Don? I just think it'll be tight, Dan. I, I just think it will be. I think I've seen enough of Argentina this tournament where I don't think they're particularly exciting. 
as I said, they're playing on moments, they're playing on emotion. I think Dutch will, will dominate the ball. It just depends on, I think, what Argentina go with at the back. If they go with Otamendi and Romero, um, I think there's every chance Holland might beat them. I would be stunned if he doesn't go with Lissandra Martinez. He's their best defender by a long shot. Um, so I think Van Gaal, when he gets the teams in, if he sees that back four, he might change his tune, he might change tactics once the teams come in. And then Holland have got a real chance of winning. I've just got a sneaky feeling they'll go through because of Messi factor on pens. You said he's been lazy, Don, in the games. But he's producing, isn't he? <laughs> he is, he's producing. I mean, you know, I don't think he's been lazy. I'll tell you what I've done, Dan. I think, I think what I've done over the last probably two weeks is I've been judging Lionel Messi on Messi of five, ten years ago, and that was a little bit unfair because uh, he's obviously not the same player. And then I've sort of come to realise where if you just judge him on being a footballer, He's still actually brilliant. If he plays as a midfield player, he's still better than most midfield players. If he plays as a number 10 and he's allowed a bit of freedom and a little bit of time and space, he's still better than most number 10s. And I think he's grown into the tournament. You both think Argentina in 90 minutes? Lilla? Yes. OK. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't, it wasn't 90 minutes. It was just Argentina to go through. Right. I didn't, I didn't specify. OK, you put two I, on. I have no idea. Uh, I just fancy... <laughs> I just fancy Messi and this Argentina team just to have a little bit more flair, a little bit more creativity and been able to handle the Dutch front line. So that's why I've gone for Argentina. Pretty much what Craig just said. Right. They've, just, they've just got a little... a little bit more enthusiasm for life, Stevie, today. It's been a busy well, week. I just... I just... I see this game as being dull, that's the only problem. I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to get up for it. Oh, it's the World Cup Cup Finals, Stevie. I know, which is weird, isn't it? Uh, uh, Pascal, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be very much like an away match, isn't it, for the Dutch, given the amount of Argentinian support yeah. we're expecting at this game. Yeah, of course, it will be uh, very difficult for the Dutch team. Uh, I think there will be 1,400 Dutch fans in the stadium tomorrow, but uh, it's just a small part of, of the stadium. There will be a lot of noise. And Virgil van Dijk, our captain, said, well, uh, it, it's important maybe to score a goal early in the game. Then the atmosphere in the stadium will change and maybe the Argentina team will get a little bit nervous. So that's important for the Netherlands to score uh, early in the game. But of course, yes, the Argentina fans are uh, making the most noisy uh, atmosphere, well, this tournament, I think. So uh, they, they will win for sure if you compare them to the Dutch fans. Pascal, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Just a reminder, uh, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is brought to you by the all-new Honda CRV hybrid as we look ahead to the opening quarterfinals, which in theory on paper is easier to call given what we've seen from Brazil leading up to this tie against uh, Croatia. Uh, take a look at the uh, predictions from everyone. Uh, no surprise. Everybody's going for a Brazil victory. Uh, Don, have you enjoyed watching them so far? Love them, Dan. Absolutely love them. Um, there's been a little bit of criticism of their dancing in their last win um, over here. Not here, there hasn't done. No, no, I was saying, well, me neither. I just, I, I love them. I mean, I've seen them dance on the buses before the games, after the games, they danced their way to victory in the last game. They've been thrilling to watch, they've been exciting.
Um, the, the manager sort of adopted a sort of European approach where they've not won the World Cup for 20 years. And he's made them more European because they're tough and you don't score against them or not too many times. The goalkeeper, Alisson's in brilliant form. You go right across the board into midfield. Casemiro, I think, has been one of the midfield players of the tournament. And you look at these guys at the top end of the pitch, I mean, when they're given some freedom, they can cause absolute havoc. They're an amazing sight to watch. I love watching them. It's, it's what the World Cup's all about, though, isn't it? I mean, I don't understand. It's about uh, the colours. The Senegalese were playing. It was about the drums. They weren't yes. the only ones. It felt like a World Cup when you heard those drums. Yeah. Rather than some of the, the one or two of the early games. Brazil have had everything. They've had the flair on the field. Some of the, some great goals. Some great interplay. Some some wonderful moves. And it's not just the first eleven. It's the people off the bench or the the guys that have been been coming in for others. The dancing, as Don mentioned before, it the dancing after the goals. I don't think it's disrespectful at all. It's what they do. They'll be dancing. I'm sure that's what they're doing, you know, better than us. That's what they're doing back home in Brazil on the beaches and watching these games. They're getting involved in it. It's absolutely what we've come to expect from this country. And, and, and they're just... I mean, a World Cup without that just wouldn't feel the same. Most people would complain if we didn't get that, if you think about it. It's one, it's, it's one thing to be complaining about seeing it in the Premier League. Right. But... As Craig said, you expect it. And are you more excited about this game? Oh, big time. I can't wait. Brazil are fantastic. Yes, please. You getting up for this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll definitely think about it. So that's the two games tomorrow. And then on Saturday, England take on France. Uh, you take a look at the odds for this one. England 11 to 10. France 11 to 8 on. Uh, it's interesting because, of course, it's pitting some of us against some colleagues. Anytime anyone mentions 1998 in the world, Frank LeBeouf pops up. Here he is, uh, Frank with us uh, uh, as is Don. Uh, Frank, what struck you since you've been back in France? What's the kind of vibe ahead of this clash against England? Well, uh, you know, talking to uh, medias and also talking to, uh, to, the, to the fans, to the people of France, you know, they, they, there is lots of respect for that English team and everybody's uh, considered that it's going to be a, a tricky game to, uh, to win and... Uh, and, but they all respectfully think that France at the end of the day is going to win it uh, because, of course, they're, they're, they're French. Um, well, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a lot about details. Everybody uh, realized that uh, the English team has uh, in the front line one of the best front line in the world, even if they think that France are better. But it's, all, it's really at the, in the middle of the park that they, they find that um, the power of England is, uh, is, the, is the, the biggest because of uh, Rice, uh, Bellingham and maybe Henderson playing in the middle of the park. Uh, and where with Chouamini and Rabiot, even if they do well, they're not as good, I would say, that uh, those players uh, in England. Again, in both sides, it would be a defensive maybe uh, weakness uh, that could make a difference for, for any team. But it's going to be tight uh, to say who's going to win. And I know it's very, very hard right now. Frank doesn't talk to the people on the street in Paris. <laughs> no, he does. He, does. he talks to everybody. Anywhere. I do. <laughs> he talks to his entourage. Uh, yes, yeah. His entourage. Well, how are you feeling no, about this no. one? He's bored. He's <laughs> bored. He's not getting uh, vibe for it. I think, I think France will win. I th right. I, th I think that as good as Maguire and Stones have been, that, that first 20 minutes against Senegal. Right. They looked a little shaky under pressure, and it's really the first, the first spell of real mounted pressure they had faced, and they didn't look very comfortable. 
And I think that's what France are going to do to them. So I think, I think that's why France are going to win. Uh, England, of course, renowned for being very calm and collected in these sort of situations when it comes to the fans and the media, Don. Uh, how excited are they going into this clash? <laughs> I think they are, because I think, I think what they feel is though, I think they feel as though their team can compete with anyone. And I, and I think they're, they're, they're right to think that way. Um, I think there's lots of respect. I think, as Frank said, I think they, they know, I think, they're playing against the top side. And I'm glad that, that Julian had the the interview there with Rabiot because I think he's been amazing. He does the work of two men in midfield because, you know, when you watch Kylian Mbappe, I watched him against Poland. I've watched him against PS, for PSG, sorry, lots of times this season. And Rabiot does a lot of work from him in this French side because he doesn't track back, but he's got Theo Hernandez, who I think is the best left back in European football, who's rapid. So on that left-hand side, Mbappe is not going to track back. So I'm pretty sure Gareth Southgate will be trying to get his full-backs a little bit high and say to Mbappe, listen, if you're not going to track a back, that's going to be a positive for us and a weakness for you. Well, it's the risk and reward, isn't it? Because as soon as you give the ball away, if you give it away in a cheap area or a dangerous area and Rabiot then bangs it into Mbappe, who's 1v1 with his full-back, then there's all sorts of dilemmas then for Carl Walker. But everyone's talking about this this sort of matchup with Carl Walker and um, killing Mbappe, but they're forgetting about the position of Griezmann, who plays as a number 10. They're forgetting about Dembele, the forgetting about the form of Giroud. So this just, this screams to me like goals galore, Dan. It screams to me like it could be one of the best games in the quarterfinals. I think it's exciting now that there's two teams who are in real good form, but I've got France's favourites. Frank, you're only on in this segment. I better ask you something else. What else do you want to talk about? Hmm. Um, it's just because you know me. I'm very being very humble, you know, and respectful <laughs> towards uh, your almighty England. Uh, I think I think everybody wants to know, you know, what's going to happen for uh, Mbappe um, fighting against uh, Kai Walker, because even Mbappe said uh, the guy is a tank running uh, as fast as I do. Everybody knows that Kai Walker is a fantastic player. The only thing is he comes back from injury, so everybody's expecting him to be maybe a little bit slower, uh, less endurance, but uh, it's going to be the real fight that everybody is looking forward to uh, to seeing it and uh, and that's what's going to be um again it's it's only about details you know how they're going to play how Deschamps is going to is going to decide to to play his team maybe a little bit lower on the field to allow uh, England to um, lead the game but leave some spaces behind uh, the two central defenders for Dembele and and uh, Mbappé of course uh, to maybe play in counter-attack. We'll see, you know, we can elaborate every tactic, but um, we'll have to be patient. Craig Burley, the only one going for an England win. Why not? Hold on. Oh no, sorry. What's rattling around I'll in that head? I was looking at the scores, me and him's got 3-2. <laughs> Yeah, I went three. I was thinking about that at the same Sorry, I went three two to England. I tell you, it's uh, <laughs> focused today, Stephen. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, it is such a close game. Uh, one of the reasons, I mean, I, I suppose it is sort of the moment of truth for Harry Maguire. We talked about him before the tournament. How it is so difficult to not play regular and play at this level. I suppose in some sense, Stevie mentioned Senegal, I suppose in some sense the USA put them under a little bit of pressure. Senegal ramped it up, the French will ramp it up even more. Can he stand firm? I think if him and Stones can, along with Walker, and I think Walker has been a brilliant fullback for years, 
if they can do that, I actually think England have got... Once you, once you go past Mbappe, I think England have more in those forward positions. I presume Sterling's going to be back right. available, not, yes, he, not playing. Yeah, he's he's travelling back. He's going he? to be back available. Then you've got Grealish, then you've got Rashford, you've got Foden, Saka, Kane, Bellingham... All these guys, I just think England have a lot there. If they can, if they can nullify, and that is a big question, at the other end, and you're not going to stop Mbappe and Griezmann and Giroud for 90 minutes, but if you can nullify to a certain extent, I do think England have enough going forward to win this game. But I agree with everyone. I think it's going to be a great game. It should be a cracker. That is the fourth quarter final. Of course, preceding that is Portugal against Morocco. The ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV hybrid. As we look ahead to this type. Portugal, He's not playing. Portugal He's not playing. And Morocco 5-2. to two. And there was a story, of course, in the Portuguese press saying that Ronaldo threatened to go home when he realised that he wasn't in the starting 11, uh, they released this statement saying the, um, the FPF clarifies that at no time did the captain of the national team, Cristiano Ronaldo, threaten to leave the national team at any stage in Qatar. The level of commitment of Portugal's most capped international player was once again demonstrated in the victory against Switzerland. Uh, this is what Ronaldo said on Instagram. Uh, a group too close to be broken by outside forces. A nation too brave to let itself be frightened by any adversary. A team in the truest sense of the word which will fight for the dream until the end. Believe with us, strength, Portugal. Penned by not Mr. Ronaldo. I don't think that was it. Penned by the PR department who said, let's get ahead of this story. Frank, how bonkers is this this whole story, which of course has developed over the last 48 hours. Ramos, absolutely brilliant. We are not even going to discuss whether or not Ronaldo should start because he knows that he won't now in that quarterfinal against Morocco. It's a story that I don't think many saw taking these turns, but it's been fascinating to watch play out. The thing is, uh, you know, uh, as Craig just mentioned, you know, I don't believe any word of just Ronaldo, uh, what we saw, the comment of Ronaldo. The thing is, yeah, everybody was stunned when they, 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 they saw that Ronaldo wasn't playing. But after the game, you realize that there was a very good choice from Santos. But what we heard from Santos, he was very, very angry at Ronaldo when he came out the game before uh, because he didn't want to go out. And uh, that's maybe the punition that uh, Santos or, or the, what he wanted to show and, uh, to, 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 uh, to uh, Ronaldo, that he's the mind who decides. Um, he said after that that he was big friend, that we have all the political you know, comments and words about him because everybody wants to make sure that everything is going to work in a, in a perfect world. But we all know what the truth is, is that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't like to get out. So he was punished by the coach. And the story, or the history, just said that the manager made the right choice because Ramos has been absolutely fantastic. Mm. And that's a big turn, big turn on the uh, Portugal history uh, in that World Cup. But I don't think he... I, I get the point from the game against South Korea. Uh, I think it was. Uh, but I, he wasn't not playing because he had a bit of a hump at coming off. He wasn't playing because... Santos's job's on the line, the reputation, he wanted something different. So he's not playing because he's not been good enough. But I think it just sums him up in a nutshell. That the game against South Korea, which Santos made changes for, they'd already qualified. Yeah. I mean, come on.
wins. And that's telling you it's about him. It's about goals for his country. It's about records rather than the bigger picture. Uh, Don, it really is quite, I think, really quite a couple of months of Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, it's been bonkers, isn't it? I mean, like the guy said, you don't know what's going to come next. Um, it's, it's difficult to read him because you know it's about him. And when you've got that ego, and when you are one of the world's best, you want to play every single minute. Uh, no one's really mentioning the fact that, you know, it would have been his fifth game in about sort of 14 days. So that might have been a factor why he didn't play. Got no idea. But listen, I think if you asked him, you know, and you said to him, listen, you're not going to play too many minutes from now to the end of the World Cup, but you win the World Cup, would you sign up for that? Absolutely, he would. 100% he would want to sign up for winning the World Cup. And if it's not playing too many minutes, then so be it. He can't get his head around it. And that's why he's struggling. Um, and, it's, and it's painful to watch. It's embarrassing to watch sometimes. It's awful to watch because you're seeing a player that's a little bit in decline. And what you're seeing as well is you're seeing the Bruno Fernandes factor when he's not playing for Man United. Bruno Fernandes plays well. He didn't play in the last game and João Felix had the game of the tournament for him. And he's an unbelievable player. So maybe these young kids and maybe one or two players for Portugal are seeing Ronaldo not in the starting eleven, And they can actually relax a little bit. And it's helping them, I think. Was I the only one that couldn't have cared less if he came on the other night or not? I mean, the commentators kept talking about it. Oh, when's he going to come on? Right. Oh, when's he go it's like, you know what it is now almost? It's like, it's like somebody coming on the end of a testimonial for 10 mm. minutes. All right, he might come mm. on for 10 minutes in the World Cup final if he gets there and scores. That's a different kettle of fish. But the other night it was like, well, is he coming on? Was he not? I mean, like, people, like, who cares? The job's done. Yeah, yeah, most yeah, definitely. And from well, Craig, I'm sorry, but you cannot deny the fact that the guy for like 17 years, you know, uh, just showed that he was one of the best strikers in the world, if he's not the best, you know, scoring so many goals, 800 goals. You know, we're comparing with Ronaldo, uh, the, the Ronaldo uh, from Brazil, who scored half of the goal that he scored. So, of course, you have to emphasize the fact that he doesn't play because he's been the star of the show for, for like 17 years. So. If you don't talk about it, you're out of the context, and uh, and then you have to talk about it. I think. Yeah, but I didn't say we weren't talking about it. It was the talk, it was the talking point that he didn't play. Although I didn't think it was the huge uh, shock, to be honest, because uh, I think he's been desperate not to play him, a bit like Eric Ten Hag. But uh, it was at the end of the game. It was almost like everybody was like, "Do you know what? Can, can we just can can everybody just move on from him? <laughs> him having a ten-minute cameo when the game is done." And Switzerland are all over the parish. Much like the game against Spain, for Portugal, uh, this will be feeling like a, an away match because of the Morocco supporters that will be there, Frank. Obviously, a huge, huge day for, for the team and the nation. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, the atmosphere that we're going to find, you know, the, 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 the fans are ready to give their lives to see Morocco going through. I mean, the, what they are doing is already fantastic, you know, because it never happened, I think, that they, that they reached the, the quarterfinal. So if they can do so uh, the same uh, and beat, you know, Portugal, that's going to be absolutely crazy. People here uh, are, are, are partying even in Paris when they won against uh, uh, the, the, the last game against Spain. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's getting crazy. I mean, the, the, the old country is, uh, is looking forward to, uh, to watching that game and to see Morocco being able to win because they are. They, they're not, I think they're not underdogs at all. It's going to be a very tight game and Morocco can win. Um, and I really think they, 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 they're very ca much capable of doing so. Uh, to that point, let's take a look at the predictions. Everybody going for Portugal, including you, Frank, after you said that. <laughs> 
Well, I, ne I, I, I never say that I thought the same. I'm saying that the Moroccan people think they can win it. And, 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 and losing 2-1 will not be a disaster, I think. Uh, Don, you think this is going to be... This is going to be more clear-cut for Portugal than Frank does. They can't win this, Morocco. They can't. I, I understood their tactics against Spain. Um, given Spain, whatever it was, over a thousand passes, they'll, they'll, do, they'll do the same. They'll try and do the same, but Portugal are too good. They're a better team than Spain. Um, again, I think the centre-back, the West Ham centre-back, I don't think off the top of my head he's going to be fit for the game. And that'll be a huge miss because he's, he's been another one, a young player that's had a fantastic tournament. And he'll be a massive miss. But I just think if, if Portugal get their tactics right and João Felix is playing, Bernardo Silva, etc., etc., I think they're far too good for them. And it'll be Morocco's last game of the tournament. Shame, because they've been a good side to watch. It's been a good fairy sound, a good story. Uh, but this is where it ends, I'm afraid. Uh, we'll, of course, be looking ahead to that game in a little bit more detail on the next edition of the show. And if you ever miss a show, uh, you can download our daily podcast, which is available over on the website. Not only the content that you see here, but also some bonus material for you as well. As we say goodbye to Frank LaBeouf is leaving us now. Maybe he'll be back soon at some stage. Now, a great podcast is available now to listen to. The 30 for 30 podcast series introduces Pink Card. In Iran, women are banned from soccer stadiums, but some women dare to defy that to take part in this sport that they love. Uh, be sure to check that out. You can listen to that now uh, over on ESPN Podcasts. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As action continues from the championship this weekend, Blackburn against Preston North End, Swansea City take on Norwich City. It's all about Burnley this season. They have been excellent sitting at the top of the table, taking on though an inform QPR and then Monday see Sunderland play West Brom. Shaka Hislop is here, oh, ladies and where's, gentlemen. Where's, the, where, where's his company shirt tonight? Oh, no company Come on, shirt. Come Shaka, it's interesting that you time your trip to the World There's Cup. There's a party right no next games. door. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hold on. 
ESPN Deportes right next door are having a right. party as we speak. Right. Hurry this up. Make All it right. quick. <laughs> Argentina <laughs> just shows us even better. Make uh, it quick. Uh, uh, let, let's go through some of the points that we've had to make uh, for you in your first 24 hours. Obviously, you saw your studio, and I've heard you complained because it wasn't named the Dr. Shaka Hislop Studio. No, that's not true, Dan. I am as humble as Cristiano Ronaldo as far as those <laughs> things go. I don't expect much. Uh, and, and what use is the ladder? Yeah. Is that for Seb? You didn't take your ladders all the way over there with you, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seven, seven's having a trouble, having some trouble getting up to the desk. Bless him. <laughs> he's, he's just a little bit taller than you are, Dan. Uh, I think you'll find I'm taller than him, uh, Shaka. But let's not get into that now. How is rooming with Seb? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, it's been all right. He's been very quiet. He sings in the shower rather oddly. But aside from that, <laughs> is he's a. Uh, it's kind of blended in and blended into the, to the woodwork. Uh, what's he singing? I believe that we will win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been uh, Celine Dion today after, oh, after wow. the news, but that's kind of his, his go-to. Wow, okay. Um, also, we've got footage I, of you I, I, here with a, yep. with a hawk. What were you doing with this hawk, Shaka? You looked a bit scared when it started flapping its wings. The falcon, Dan. It's a falcon. Okay, sorry. Get it right. It's a falcon. What's the difference? I why, was, are you uh, leaning, why are you leaning that way? In a Qatari. All right. Well, he wanted to stretch out, so I just gave him some room. It's all right. Yeah. We, we yeah, bonded. Me and the uh, Falcon. You, you pass it off as quickly as Stevie passes the check at the end of the night. Uh, that was the brightest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you see how he, he, he was, he was, do you see how he was stood there? It was almost like the hawk had passed wind. <laughs> it was like that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to so spread he, his wings uh, out. He spread his uh, wings so out. I had to give him some room. If, he, if, if we ever wanted proof that he's there on a jolly up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not that it was ever in doubt. No. I mean, we got it. No. And you've been playing. And you've been playing some soccer as well, Chaka. We've seen you trying to score what, in the upper ninety here. Oh, look at yes, that. Yes. Very impressive. Not trying to score, Dan. Were you on the Top upper bins. ninety? All right. And Shaq, you see that in Cornwall, do they? Football, football, how would you football, say? Football, football, right there. Let's get the ball in the see. upper 90 there. So they have these, first time, so they have these holes. <laughs> upper 90. Oh, no. Huh? Shaq. No, no, I, I, I needed a, um, oh. like a good dance player. I needed a couple of sighters. But right. once I got those, easy. Shaq, there you go. What's the, are, you, are you hoping to catch a game when you're out there? <laughs> yeah. Just the odd one? <laughs> uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm working very hard, Craig. I just make it look easy. I heard you're going to go rallying in the desert tomorrow. I'm there two games on, Shaq. Oh, Charlie up. No, not, not, not tomorrow. Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday which game, Monday, you, Sunday which game are you going to tomorrow? I'm working. I'm working. I'm going to see Brazil. Okay. That's oh, it. Course, That's all the Shaq has come on to do. I told you I'm working hard. All right, Shaq, oh. thanks for coming. Yeah, That's it. Uh, Thank you very much, Shaq. Yeah, go and lie down again. Uh, Shaq will be back I'm to talk back, soccer back tomorrow. See, see if anyone scores in the upper 90s, Stevie. Uh, be sure to stay with us. Uh, we'll, of course, be looking back at Brazil against Croatia and Argentina against Netherlands on the next edition of the show.
Well, I tell you what, that's up there with one of his best ever segments. <laughs> telling you, mark it down. Uh, that is it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned because Extra Time is next. This is FC Extra Time brought to you by Globant. Hello and welcome into the ESPN FC studio. I'm getting worried a bit, Don. Craig Burley. Was Stevie Nick and Dawn's here. How are was. you, Don? I'm good. I mean, Stevie's not in great form, is he? I mean, he's proper relaxed, isn't he? Hey. It's a World Cup quarterfinal, Don. Can't get excited. You're not excited uh, about that. Uh, Don, you're into, I, I, I follow you on Instagram, Don, where you've been putting a lot of videos of um, your youngster Dougie scoring a lot of goals. How old is he? Damn, he's six and he's on fire. They won 9 4 last week. He scored seven. Oh, blue And neck. he is rapid. I've got no idea where it's come from. It's certainly not from me. So let me ask you this, boys. At what age do you know? Well, like if you're watching kids, at what age would it hit you that they might actually have some talent to go somewhere? 25. In this world, 25, shut up. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm going to guess just off the top of my head, say 9 or 10. Right, 9 or 10 is when you can kind of really maybe before, see, I don't know. see a little bit of day. A little bit. Right. With the other kids? Yes. Yeah. You know. It's, it's such a tough question, that. Right. I mean, you've, I've, I've, I've seen guys of 15. I played with a guy who was a centre forward for the for the United team I played in. Yep. You 16s. He was 15 years of age. Right. And you would have put your your house on this guy being a professional. Right. And and making it as we say when we're kids. And a, a year and a half later, he wasn't even playing football. Wow. So it's, it's is it so easier to ask what age do you know that they're not going to make it? Probably, yes. Yeah? Yes. Yes. What would your answer be to that? I'd, I'd go with Craig when he's yeah. talking about nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, Doggy, if, if he grows up and he's got everything, who's he going to play for, Don? Country? Oh, yeah. Do you know who his favourite team is? Do you know who he wants to play for? Honestly, this is no joke. He wants to take Scotland to a World Cup and win it. And he That's wants to it. play for PSG. He loves, loves Killing Mbappe. He wants wow. to play. He's got he's got this dream of playing with Killing Mbappe. I can't even work out the ages if it's even possible. But he wants to play with him. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you now it's not. Unless he's playing for PSG when he's 16, he might have a chance. Do, doesn't he want yeah, to play for England? No, he wants to play for Scotland. Yeah, but the he other half the... must be English. Is the other yeah, half English? English. Oh, yeah, she's English. Yeah, she's English. He wants to win the World Cup for Scotland. See, both yeah. of them, we're both, me and my wife are Scottish, but my kids, well, I think they see themselves as English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that going to play for England, but... See, my son thinks he's Scottish. Okay. My daughter's definitely English. Right. She's like, I'm English. Oh. Well, it's nothing to do with Scotland. Right then, Don. Percentage chance. Welcome back. Of England and yes. France going to penalties. Bonus round. Percentage chance England then win the shootout. I mean, there's one part of me thinks that's possible and it could be high, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 60%. 60% that it will go to penalty. No, 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 40%. I think, I think, I think 60% it'll get done in real time or extra right. time. So 40% it goes to pens. 
And then what percent is England to win that penalty shootout? Still 40%. 40%? Yeah. Just saying, it's just percent. Having a leader like Ramos, would it have helped <laughs> Spain in the penalties? Stevie? No. Having what? He might have scored his own particular penalty. Yes. But no, it's it, it's very much uh, you're on your own. The time you leave that halfway line to the time you take your penalty, it's yeah. all about yourself and what's going on in your head. Uh, Don, we had Stevie yesterday saying that mentally he just couldn't get his head round penalties, even missed one in his testimonial. Uh, where do you stand <laughs> on pens? Psychological? Oh, did you? <laughs> did I not. did. I've got the shirt. I've got the shirt in the garage. Oh, nice. Clean up the oil. Um, psychologically, <laughs> how are you with penalties? I mean, I was fine, Dan, but I've, I've not took I've not took one in a World Cup. I've not been to a World Cup, so yeah. that's a different matter. Um, that's a lot of pressure. Penalties, I was all right. Um, I was always, you know, I, I, I played under a guy called Adrian Heath, who the lads will know, and he was very, very calm and he was very concise. And he just said, listen, if I ask you to pass the ball over 12, 13, 14 yards to your mate, can you do it? I went, yeah, every, t- every day of the week. He went, right, pass it into the side net. And so down the middle, little bit of whip into the side net. And that's always the best penalty. That's always the bigger percentage to score from because it's going away from the goalkeeper rather than going the other side where you're bringing it back. Uh, but I was fine. What if Ramos was taking the fourth or fifth? Wouldn't have mattered, would it? Uh, no. no. They were already there. No, you would have sent him earlier then, wouldn't you? Just go on. Like when they missed the first two, you'd be like, right, go on, Sergio, off you go, son. Uh, for Stevie and Don, let's get your first on this, Don, because I know what Stevie's answer is. Uh, what was it like to watch Craig Scotland lose 3-0 to Morocco in 1998? Did you somewhat blame him for the red card, or was the team just not up to what? it that night? Do you know what, Dan? I can't remember too much about the game. I How actually can't then, remember. Don? We were no, I can't 20? remember. That seems like a lifetime ago. You say me, just me. Oh, yeah. I think Don is younger than you two for some reason. No, no. He's younger. What do That's, you mean, you two? That seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, old, how old are you, Don? How old have you been there? 51. 51. Oh, there you go. Same age as me. Same as Craig. Yeah. I can't remember the game. <laughs> I, I no? honestly can't remember it. No? Stevie? I'm... St- I'm struggling to remember it, but I, you didn't I, watch. I'm going to assume. I would. I'm sure I did. You're I'm not positive. Living. I'm positive I would have watched it. Right. And I'm sure I would have. After Morocco went ahead, I probably had the same thought as most Scottish people of, I've seen this movie before. And then what about when he gets sent off? Hold on. Didn't you move I don't here? That. Didn't you move here in '98? <laughs> Is this tough? Tough day today. You moved here in '98. Did you not? Right, this could take a while. Hold on, no, no, no. I got... I can't, you must. You know that. You know the year you moved. You, you know the year you emigrated. He's not going to know that. No, because my. I'm pretty certain my contract at Sheffield Wednesday ran out in the summer of '98. Right. And then didn't you and go so to? So I didn't. So I didn't come here till the start of the following year, so it would be 99 when I came There we go. All right, there we go. Did good you have mass. anyone in the stands? Were there any yeah. family or any, anybody watching you? Don't think for that game. First game, Brazil game, and maybe the Norway game, not, not the... Right. Who, who was there for the Brazil game? Uh, my parents, I think. Right. Can't remember. Well, because my... I, uh, my Evan, my yeah. 
24-year-old, yes. he was born... He wasn't 24 then. No, obviously not. <laughs> he was born on a couple of days after the season finished, three weeks before ah, the World Cup. Right. So, so you were really helpful <laughs> at the baby <laughs> Right. What was the final score? Was out the road. What was the score? <laughs> yeah, so, but, sorry? What was the score? We lost 3-0. 3-0? 3-0? Yeah. Dear me, who's the manager then? <laughs> You've just seen how good Morocco is. <laughs> who's the manager? <laughs> Bruni? Bruni, yeah, yeah. So well, you support England yeah, at this time, Dave. Is this before you switched allegiances? Have you forgotten all about no, this? No, I just can't, I can't, I can't remember it. I remember it's not like they've been to game. many World Cups. No, I can remember yeah, the Brazil game, but just, I can't remember losing 3-0 against Morocco. Dear yeah, me, well, Craig. You know, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> these things happen, you know. So we played with you in the Scotland team, right? I bet it was after yeah. that. Don, for some reason, was, he was persona non grata at that point. I don't know. Well, what do you think? I had, a, I had a B cap against Wales for Andy Roxburgh, and I must have played that well because I never got invited back. Oh. Uh, what do you think of Musa, Stevie? Do you think he has enough quality to join Liverpool and contend for a starting spot in their midfield? Not yet. He's been disappointing. Disappointing this season again, hasn't he? I mean, he's had a good World Cup as far as... As far as the dirty side of the game, the, the running, the challenging, the, the winning the ball back. Um, no, you could argue that Liverpool's best team, they had three guys in the middle of the park that were really good at that. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think he's, he's close to Liverpool yet. Don, I asked you before the World Cup, what's the probability of an Argentina-Portugal final? And your answer was less than 1%. What's the probability yeah. of that now? Uh, we would have to be close to a 10, but I don't think I'd go any higher because I don't think they get past Brazil. Right. And I don't think Portugal get past France. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll raise it to 15. There you go. Oh, oh, oh all right. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's the way we roll on this show. Okay. You have the first here. Final question. <laughs> With a starting eleven of Shaka, Stevie, Mario, Frank, Robbo, Don, Craig, Ali, Luis Garcia, Del Piero, and Jan, all in their prime, win the World Cup. Well, I mean, <laughs> Del Piero's in. We've got we've got every chance with Del Piero. Yeah, we've already won one, haven't he? Yeah, we've got we got a few Ali I'm worried about. Behind. Luis Garcia's won one. Yeah, one, but what about one, Ali? One, what? Yeah. What about Ali, said? Right. Ali's my worry. So, uh, Ali's a concern up front. <laughs> Jan? Yeah, yeah, hey, I played with Jan, Chef United. I'm not sure, but well, would it be his prime? Maybe. He was brilliant, you know. Okay. Jan was very underrated. Hold on. We are, right. How are we going to get the goalie off the, the sofa? <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to get the goalie to dive? Uh, Stevie, you'll be fine. We can stick you anywhere, can you? Fair enough. Yeah. It was, oh, Frank. Frank. It's not a bad team, boys. It's not we bad. We'd get out the group. We'd get out the group, so? sure, yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Get out yeah, the group stages. Group, I tell you what, it'd be, be a lot of... Be, be a couple of good fights in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it'd be... Who's the manager? Oh, not you. No, not me. Gab? 
No, God no. damn. God, no. No, God. Jules? No, we'll do a spin. No, no, none of those. We'll do a spin. We'll sort of We'll get Mariner we'll back. Marica, Mariner down for heaven right. for this game. I think then that'll be good. <laughs> I think you'll do all right, boys. It'd be fun. I'd love What's it. Mar- what was the what, what was it again? Lights out. Lights, lights out. out. It'd be lights out. All right, out. lads, that was all the right, lights, lights out. out. Good stuff. Mm. All right, guys, thank you very much. It all starts then properly tomorrow, doesn't it? Quarterfinals oh, of the World Cup. Netherlands against Argentina. Croatia against Brazil. No, think, Croatia, Brazil's the first one. I think I'll sleep. Come on, Stevie, live it I'm going to take that one. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we'll have some <laughs> l- more. L- Are you working tomorrow? No. Oh. I'm definitely taping that one. What one? 10 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, it's late, isn't it? <laughs> it's early, early. Late. <laughs> All right, good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow for that. Be sure to join us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.